This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our Patreon, where every Sunday, most every Sunday, certainly most every Sunday moving forward from here after a bit of a summer off, you get an entire bonus episode of this very podcast. If you give it the 5 or $10 a month level, that $10 a month level also gives you a sticker in the mail every month because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club. It's great. It's worth it. It's like getting a little surprise that you enjoy in the mail once a month. Patreon.com slash Says Who. Why are you holding up your hands, Dan? My arms are tired now from holding my hands up why, to block why were you. you. Hold, what? What? You were going bananas with your arms. I was just doing a little arm dance. You were trying to distract me. I know it. It's because I'm peaceful, Dan. I'm down in Philly, but I'm looking out at the backyard at the still waters of the creek. It's all nature. A lot of dead grass, but aside from that, you know. Yeah. It's a metaphor there. For what? Books? Yeah. Books. I write them, you read them. If you read my books, it's like I've like I'm moving into your brain, crawling in through your eye bits and residing in your head apartment <clears throat> books. Well, if you would like that experience, but also would like to buy your books on the internet, you can always go to kickbezosintheballs.org and be connected directly with the Says Who Bookshop. We have quick links to Maureen's books, including a quick link to pre-order The Nine Liars, dun, the dun, new dun. one. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. You can do that over at kickbezosintheballs.org. While you're on the internet, go over to merch.sayswhopodcast.com and get Says Who merchandise. You can get t-shirts and mugs and all kinds of good stuff, and it will show up at your house. So that's fun at merch.sayswhopodcast.com. And finally, if you would like to listen to 52 episodes of myself and Janice in the back of our trailer this summer talking about travel, you can go over to the Hitch Podcast. I almost messed that up. The hey, Hitch you're doing great. Podcast.com. And I believe the very moment that this episode of Says Who is coming out, the final episode of the Hitch podcast also comes out. It has been coming out every day this entire summer. I thought that was a good idea once. And then I got tired. The Hitchpodcast.com. What? Why is my pants ringing, Rillo? Hello, hello, Rudy. How are you? Stevesy. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, on Stevesy. Hang on, hang on. I gotta tell you something. Hey, hey, listen. Oh yeah. How's it you, Stevesy? How's it going? Well, you know, I did call you, Rudy. Yeah, you want... called me, Stevesy. That doesn't happen every now and again. Are you... Usually it's my pants that call you. Right. You've been drinking again today, Rudy. Yes, of course. I have. Have you been paying attention? I'm a target. Oh. oh. I'm a target. 
You're a target. Stacy, I'm a target. I'm I'm public enemy number one in Georgia. Oh no, I'm so sad to hear that. I would yeah. Oh, tell yeah. me more. So it uh, sounds like they're really coming after you. Well, you know, Steezy. You know, you remember, Steezy, do you remember the election? <laughs> yep. yep. No, I. Yep. Okay. All right. No. Mmm. I'm sorry, Steve, this is a long one. Sometimes they just... Sometimes they just slip out! Yeah, well... Try to hold them in as best I can, but sometimes it just comes on, it just comes... How do you do? I just wanted to make sure you're okay, because you're in all this trouble. Well, oh, listen... sounds really bad. Listen, Steve, I... I'm just being... Persecuted for my beliefs that the election is not an election. Oh. It's a, it's a different thing, Stevesy. But listen, I should be making fun of you because I'm a target. But you've already been convicted, you piece of shit. I didn't yeah. think It's just that I, I probably, if I, if I'm being honest here, Steve, sometimes I'm home by myself. Yep, I imagine that's a lot of the time. It's, I mean, it's, a, it's less time than you'd think, to be honest. Sometimes, like, a guy, a guy brings groceries or something anyway. Steezy, sometimes I just kind of wonder if maybe, sometimes I just kind of wonder, Steezy, I think back to when, like, I was America's mayor. You remember that? Not really, but I mean, I've heard that's what people call you. America's mayor, America, Steve, America, they elected me mayor. No, it's not. It's not what happened, and actually. I was the mayor of America, and everyone mm. loved me, Stacy. So drunk. Oh, God. And then, and then suddenly this election happened, and there was stuff, troubles happened with it, and now I'm a target, Stacy. And sometimes I just, sometimes I just wonder because it's like I, 
Probably going to, but you're not there yet, and I'm not there yet, and maybe we could spoon or something. This was a mistake. All by myself, I want to be all by Welcome. <laughs> this says who? The podcast where I startle Dan Sinker. I'm Maureen Johnson. It's a coping strategy. I'm Dan Sinker. That was quite a ride, Dan. I <clears throat> I, I didn't know where that was going. It was I thrashed the fuck out of my throat, though. I mean, it sounded painful. Yeah, it the sounded, cough fart was where oh, it started it to just, get. Oh boy. <clears throat> So the suffer for my art, Maureen. It was it was a triumph. Well, thank it was you. An absolute triumph. Is that a Celine Dion song? Uh, no. No. No, I think it's from the seventies, or is, isn't it? I don't know. Oh, I don't think anyone knows who sings it. It just exists. All it's just by one of those songs that song. just exists. A lot of songs called "All by Myself." But Eric so- Carmen. It's also by Celine Dion. Is it? I uh, thought it was All like... by Myself is a song by American singer-songwriter Eric Carmen, released in 1975. Yep. Okay. It's some kind of 70s song that's just always existed. Yeah. There you go. But I think it was covered by Celine Dion. Yeah, Celine well, everyone... Dion version, 1996. Everyone just likes that song because it just goes... <laughs> Boy, I'm going to be just... Yeah. Apologize for everyone because I'm going to be... Everyone's going to think you have COVID now. I know, I don't. But you know who does? Everybody? Yes, but especially Jill Biden. How? How did it happen? It's a mystery. They've been so careful. I don't understand. They're on vacation. Are they? Yeah, they're in, I think, South Carolina. Oh, boy. Open it up, because he finally, Joe Biden finally got over COVID after more than two weeks of having COVID. And now? And now Jill Biden has COVID. So she's now on her own vacation. All by herself? All by herself. You yeah. are also somewhere else right now, I, Maureen. I am with my family. I just got here. I'm in Philly for a couple of days just to, uh, because of all the health issues going on, I'm coming down more often to check in on them. And yeah. um, my father's physical therapist was here. Okay. And um, 
it turns out, by coincidence, she's someone from my graduating class at high school. Whoa. And um, I, this morning, I, I was trying to think of something to bring for my father. So I got, I went to this place called Venero's, which is this amazing Italian bakery that makes mm. like the best cookies and cake and cheesecake. And I, and I think in all of New York, it is like, if you want the Italian butter cookies at the holidays, mwah, this is where you get mm. them. You get the Venero's. I like an Italian butter cookie at the holidays. Oh, I can absolutely destroy a plate. It's like, it's just like mice game. It's just, it's devastated. Just like, ah, you just look at it, it's gone. It's awful. I love them. I could just pound all oh, those little rainbow cookies. Oh, yeah. shut up. Anyway, I decided, I was like, oh, he really likes cheesecake. So I'll have, I'll bring him a cheesecake. I brought him like okay. a proper Italian ricotta. Wow. Little cheesecake. And then it turns out he doesn't like cheesecake. So we oh. have this beautiful Italian cheesecake sitting in the in the fridge that I got delivered this morning. And so I'm like, hey, we're like, hey, you like cheesecake? She's like, oh, I got to go. And we're like, because we can give you this cheesecake. And, you know, she's like, I kind of have to drive around. That. And we're like, because, you know, we could just follow you around with the cheesecake, you know, we put it in your trunk and just let it grow or just let you want this cheesecake. It felt like we were almost kind of threatening her with the cheesecake. But now this yeah. cheesecake is going to be a thing. But okay. um, she told me the most my high school story ever. Yeah, this is the this is so this is the uh, the Catholic school. I went to a Catholic all, all girls school that's also was a Polish school. There were a yeah. lot of native Polish speakers. OK. And it turns out that what the Polish teaching nun did was when she got the freshman class, she ran through down the list and pulled out everyone with a Polish last name. OK. And then one by one pulled them out of class. So she's like, I'm sitting there freshman year. I've, I've only been in my homeroom for, you know, 15 minutes on my first day. And then this shadow appears in the doorway and her name gets called. And she's like, come out to the hallway. So she goes out in the hallway and this nun she's never met before says, I'm very disappointed in you. Which is the most my high school way of greeting you at like they instant you didn't have to do anything. You just showed up and they're already upset with you. Yeah. So she was upset with her for not for registering to learn French. Mm. And this person said, Well, I already go to Polish school every weekend and I speak Polish at home and I can read like I already speak Polish and I wanted to learn something I didn't know. And so the nun called her mother <laughs> and they just kept calling and slowly persisting until she gave up and took Polish. Wow. And she said, yeah, for three years I didn't have lunch because I would take Polish at my lunchtime. And then oh, she, so just, she could still take French, I guess, or just fit it into her schedule somehow. So she didn't wow. get lunch. They did this at my high school. They would take away your lunch just to kind of shoehorn in weird stuff. Well, that's fun. And Who um, needs lunch. And she said after three years, she's just like, I've had it. I want my lunch. <laughs> but yeah, 15 minutes after showing up freshman year, she's just, you know, hasn't done a thing. She's just some kid. And the nun's at the door saying, I'm very disappointed at you. And I'm like, that's just how everything was. You just showed up and they were just like, we're just so disappointed. <laughs> just you've let us down already. You're just here. It's perfect. <laughs> we're just so, God damn it. But then you know what? Um, also, now that I'm down here in Philly, I'm yeah. in the land of uh, Dr. Oz. You sure are. Even though he doesn't live here, 
There are a lot of Dr. Oz signs around. Are there really? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, there are. You're in that nook. Mm, it's actually c- sort of closer. Like, you just have to go down this road and turn. And that once you hit this one particular road, it's like all Oz signs in this yeah. neighborhood. Um, but uh, I cannot stop thinking about this Dr. Oz video. Yeah. Yesterday, Monday, the 15th. He released a video of him doing a regular guy thing. Yeah, just being a normal person. Normal guy going to the grocery store, being shocked at the expensive grocery store prices. It was very relatable. Is that's a very real? I I did that just on Sunday. Uh, but if you haven't seen it, he goes in and he's like, "Well, here, my wife uh, wants to make make a crude tape." Like his whole attitude is bitches, right? So. He's, he's he has to make his crude tape platter already. I mean, first of all, I didn't know what a crudité was. Did you know what a crudité was? Yeah, but I read cookbooks for fun. I am a grown ass man, and I was like, I don't know what a crudité was. And in my mind, it was like um, one of those little like toasties with a couple of vegetables on it. Mm. You know, like uh, you know, like a bruschetta. I think is actually what that is, right? Then I looked it up, and it's, it's just special. a vegetable platter. It's just vegetables. Yeah. Um, and but I would think that when you think crudité, um, it's just some vegetables, and uh, probably in its original fancy version. Hey, sorry, Dexy's very excited because next door they're moving statues around. Oh, a lot going on next door. Probably its original version, it was probably olive oil or something classy and Italian. Yeah. Um, it's okay. She's just excited about crudité. But um, we don't do, and obviously that's, who's going to, no one's fucking around with olive oil. You want, you want what you need at the center. If you're going to go through the trouble of a vegetable, but you need like a fountain or ranch. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a ranch dressing situation. That is what it is for. Yeah. Also, blue cheese dip. That's also fun. No problem with that. No problem. Yeah. Um, But so he goes in and he's like, let's shop for this. You know, I'm I'm, I'm Joe Everyman. Let's shop for this crudite platter. First, one broccoli, two dollars. He like, so he doesn't seem to know how anything is. It's very arrested development. How much is a gallon of of milk michael ten dollars like he doesn't he doesn't have a cart or a basket so he's just piling everything into his arms right but i feel like in defense of the single crown of broccoli that he picked up Mm -hmm. because he was like well this doesn't seem like a lot of broccoli for two dollars that's because broccoli isn't sold by the each (laughs) it's by the pound motherfucker yeah. Like saw, that was not a pound of broccoli. It was like a very small, just crown of broccoli. Um, the next vegetable he picks up for his crudite. Now, what would you normally put on a vegetable plate, Dan, if you were going to go with that? Well, first of all, if I was at a large chain grocery store mm-hmm. and I was in the produce section and I wanted to put together a vegetable tray, I would just buy one of their pre-made vegetable trays with the fucking dip in the middle. Right. They probably cost about nine bucks. But uh, if I was doing a vegetable tray, I would have some broccoli, Mm -hmm. some cauliflower, Mm. some carrots, Mm -hmm. maybe some peppers Mm -hmm. or like a snap pea. 
Nice. Fancy. It's probably what I do. I would say, yeah. I think I just literally described the like veggie tray that you could buy at the large chain grocery store around here. A cucumber's not not going to go. Mm, I like a cucumber. I don't ever really think of it as a veggie tray vegetable, though. It's a, a nice cucumber spear. Very tasty. Yeah. Uh, it's also, if you're going to say, even put a different kind of dip in, put in a hummus. Mm. But the next thing he grabs for his tray, Dan, is asparagus. Yeah. I. Okay. Then he grabs what looks like a, like a 10-pound bag of carrots. So he's really. A, it, I freeze framed it. It is a five pound bag of carrots, which is a very large amount of carrots. It's a large amount of. And he's really, really. His proportions are all over the place. A yeah. very tiny amount of broccoli, just an awful amount of asparagus. Yeah. And then all the carrots. And then he's like, but then I need some dips. And the first thing he picks up is guacamole. And I'm like, maybe. Okay. And then he's like, and my wife likes salsa. The salsa is like $6. And yeah. then. He's like, so here we are, $20 worth of food and no tequila even. I'm like, who's having tequila and crudite? Like, what is this weird occasion? But Dan. Also, you- it's it's worth pointing out that at this moment, he is holding just bundled in two arms mm-hmm. all of these items. Yeah. Including a five pound bag of carrots. The, the size bag of carrots that you would bring to a horse. Like he's doing some kind of weird supermarket sweep. Yeah. Can you, I could not stop thinking about this all night. Like I just kind of, every time I woke up, I was like, oh, cause I could taste it almost just the, the big, thick, just that stalk of raw asparagus. Yeah. Cause we're in late summer asparagus at this point. It's basically trees. Yeah. It's like chewing on a, st- a green bark and just dipping that motherfucker into a bowl of salsa. <laughs> so it, you know, nothing picks up dip like like a stick. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you just put that watery dip. So now you're just eating damp chew- and just chewing and chewing that straight. Oh, just chew and chew. Cause that's, that's stringy and tough and chewy. And it's just chewing it. And I can, would take your mouth, taste your, make your mouth taste like pennies. It was yeah. so gross. Just, Oh, it made me so queasy. He also didn't know where he was. He claimed yeah. he was in a place called Wegner's, <laughs> which does not exist. There is a Wegman's, <laughs> Yeah. We don't have those in Pennsylvania. I think there's like rumors of one, but that is not a Pennsylvania store. Okay. He was in fact in Redner's, yeah. which is like a produce grocery store, like warehouse grocery store place. Okay. But he conflated this into Wegner's. Sure. And um, this was also proven by the fact that on the wall behind him, you could see Redner's written... <laughs> Now, obviously, the Fetterman camp has turned this amazing cell phone into a, they've actually opened a social media account called Wegner's. Nice. And uh, there's, you get a sticker that says, let them eat crudite with a Wegner's logo over it. Yeah. Um, so for any donation, they will send you a let them eat crudite or a, it's just a vegetable plate. <laughs> and all day long, he has just been posting pictures of himself holding up like Costco, veg, you know, yeah. Or, or price shopping. The, the Twitter account keeps listing prices of how you can make <laughs> cheaper vegetable plates. I'm just saying, Dan. I mean, the, the, a, the, a little, the thing little that I joy. kept coming back to is he was agog 
Mm. at spending $4 on carrots. Mm -hmm. But when you actually stop and think about that it was five pounds of carrots, that's a pretty darn good deal for carrots. It's a really good deal. It's like 80 cents a pound. It's not bad at all. It was a big bag of carrots. This guy just doesn't know how to do anything. Again, just chewing on that raw asparagus. Oh, Dan, it just actually made me queasy. It does feel a little bit like there are people in the Dr. Oz camp that actively are working to ensure that he is not elected. <laughs> like, I'm from Chicago. People in Chicago care a lot about really authentically being from Chicago. Pennsylvanians make Chicagoans all look like posers on that camp. Like, I don't know that there is a single state that is more obsessed with authenticity of place. (laughs) And even like bisecting, like where you have the Wawa and Sheets Mm -hmm. arguments and things. Oh, yeah. That's why, before I saw anything else, before that disgusting asparagus and salsa situation... I was just so, I could not get over that he thought he was at a Wegmans. Yeah. I was so mad. I was like, Wegmans, Wegmans. <laughs> Fucking kidding me, Wegmans? Yeah, the idea of running the world's least authentic candidate in Pennsylvania, like that might work some places, but not Pennsylvania. Well, he... He also doesn't live here, which everyone knows. He lives in New Jersey. So how he's doing this is, again, one of those things I don't really understand and refuse to look into because it'll make me sad. Um, But just it is a it's a bright spot, Dan, because um, as you know, uh, says Huvians, we actually released a Sunday episode this week just to kind of cover the fact that shit's going down. It is, in fact, going down. Yeah, we, uh, after doing every other week all summer, which I will point out, we used to come out every other week Mm. for like a year or whatever. We used to write notes, Dan. Really, really complicated scripts with lots of information. Yeah. But um, after doing every other week for the summer, we came back. I, I arrived back in town halfway through last week, Mm -hmm. which was meaning halfway through the Trump has just been raided by the FBI. What the fuck is going on moment? And uh, and yeah, we finally reached a point where we were like, I think that we need to catch up on the main feed. So, yeah, we had uh, an episode came out on Sunday and now here we are again on Wednesday. We're making up for lost time over here. It says who? And with so many important things going on, I need to get this Dr. Oz eating the raw asparagus and the salsa out of my head. But my God, just something about it. It's like something queasy that happens in a children's book. I can't stop. Because he probably does eat raw asparagus with salt. (laughs) Can you eat raw asparagus? Oh, yeah. I feel like that's a thing that would make you sick. No, no, you can definitely eat it. But it's if you're going to eat it, it's a very fa-fa-fa thing. You have to shave it and slice okay. it thin for salads, like into oh, ribbons, basically, because yeah. it's it. just string. Yeah. It's basically just 
twine, green twine. And uncooked, it tastes um, vegetal. Certainly is a nice way of putting like, it just eating a stick, green stick hmm. with salsa. He was especially angry that the salsa was $6 for fresh salsa. Yeah. Get fucked. Anyway. I was trying to think, because we often buy, at our little grocery store that we go to, we often buy the fresh salsa, because we're fancy people. Mm -hmm. And first of all, he said $6, but I'm almost positive that the actual price on the shelf was $4. But um, I think the $6 was something next to it. This is the the time and carry put in, but I'm pretty sure we pay about three fifty four bucks for a fresh pico de gallo. Are you kidding me? Mm. You're getting a lot of ingredients in there. Well, and you're getting somebody had to sit there and chop it all. Come on. Yeah. Compensate you know, that person. Well, Dan, that's not all that's going in this week, even though it's definitely taking up a lot of mental real estate. <laughs> I got this cheesecake. I got this raspberries. I had a lot of food stuff going on in my head. Yeah. The main, I would say the main, the main theme of this week, Maureen, is in 2020 mm -hmm. and early 2021, there was a lot of fucking around going on. And we might, and I want to emphasize might, have reached the finding out stage. Are we really? I mean... I mean, that's why I'm emphasizing might. Certainly, we, we recorded nervously on Sunday wondering what it all meant. Yeah. And um, it's in those next couple of days, it's been a little bit slower than it was last week because last week was just hammer, hammer, yeah. hammer. I mean, it was the, the... It was the... You saw... This is when you first saw the, the creature come out of the, the sea and we're just yeah. watching the creature kind of walk along the seabed. Um, lots of charges, lots of trouble for a lot of different people. Yep. Yeah. Well, we will start with um, what on any other week would probably be a pretty big story, but uh, in this week has not quite gotten the play that it has, which is that the Washington Post reported yesterday that Trump election lawyer Sidney Powell directed a team of computer forensics experts to copy election data from Dominion machines in Michigan, Nevada, and Georgia. This is not at all legal, <laughs> in case you were wondering, and was definitely not done with the full knowledge and participation of election officials in those states. As the Post reports, quote, there is a growing concern among experts that officials sympathetic to Trump's claims of vote rigging could undermine election security in the name of protecting it. That would be in part because the federal government classifies voting systems as, quote, critical infrastructure important to national security and access to their software and other components is tightly regulated. In several instances since 2020, officials have taken machines out of service after their chains of custody were disrupted. So, yeah, Sidney Powell, it turns out, was just off. They hired a firm who they would then send off on these like madcap capers because they got word that they could get access to some county's machine for a night. And then they'd clone the machine, the voting machine. <laughs> and it's two years later and we're just finding out about it. <sighs> So many crimes. Yeah. 
Speaking of crimes and voting and Georgia. Ooh. Rudy Giuliani, Maureen oh, Johnson. Oh, here we go. Was informed yesterday, Monday, that he is a target in Georgia's ongoing investigation into Trump's attempts to overturn the 2020 election there. A prosecutor from the Fulton County District Attorney's Office called Giuliani's Georgia Council on Monday to tell him that their client was now a focus of the criminal investigation. How many lawyers in how many different states do you think he has? I mean, how many of them are just him in a mustache? Or a cowboy hat. Mm, true. Honestly, if he's wearing pants, I'll just, that'll be. That's enough. That's enough. That's all we ask. It Likely the timing on this was because Rudy is heading down to Georgia this week to be deposed uh, in front of a grand jury because uh, he lost a bid to not appear in front of that jury because he didn't show up to the hearing where he was contesting it. That was in New York. The judge then said, you're going to fucking Georgia. Like You don't have an option there. Uh, so he is heading down this week. His his uh, lawyer, Bob Costello, says, quote, if they want to play hardball. Now, mind you, that hardball was simply he didn't show up to a hearing, Maureen. If they want to play hardball, we know how to play hardball. Which I think probably means he's just going to play the fifth the whole time. Right. <clears throat> I don't put it past Rudy fucking up pleading the fifth. It's not hard, but he's going to figure it out. <laughs> oh, he's just going to. I have to think he's just going to start talking, Dan, because he's just. I mean, if tipped. he even has a shred of brain left. Dan. I mean, that's Dan. why I said if. Four seasons, Dan. If, uh, if he has a shred of brain left, he has to realize that Donald Trump must be desperate for a scapegoat right now. And Rudy feels like scapegoat number one. He's feeling pretty goaty. Uh, do you think he's... No, I don't... That to get... That feels like a lot of computations for Rudy. To have... To realize that he could be moving directly in front of the bus that is going to be thrown at him. Although, who knows? I mean, old Rudy, piece of shit that he was, did somehow work on a team that figured out how to bring down the mob. I mean, maybe there is something that still... That was a long time ago. Still in there, some... Some, on, some wheel still turns somewhere, maybe? In uh, On his podcast on Monday... He still has a podcast, Maureen. Do you listen to this? Oh, God, no. Okay. No. My word, no. Uh, on Monday, after he was informed of this, he took to his podcast and he declared that, quote, as I recall correctly, I appeared in Georgia as attorney for Donald J. Trump, so I'm going to be prosecuted for what I did as an attorney. He said that in his defense, but it does seem like it's actually a pretty clear statement of fact. Dan, they don't even need to bring him down. All they need to do is send the questions in via Cameo and pay him $10 <laughs> a pop. <laughs> I like the idea that they're 
all sorts of lawyers that just buy the cameos from Rudy and just let him go. <laughs> and they just string it together <laughs> in one video and play it for the court. Why do all of these confessions start with him wishing someone a happy birthday? <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enjoy your pizza. And uh, next question here is from um, uh, Skylar. Hello, Skylar. You want to know where I was on the uh, 7th of January, day after the 6th. Uh, so uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, so I was, um, well, I was, at, I, was in the, I was in the Oval Office. And <laughs> this is a very specific question. Oh, this actually goes on. A very specific question. There's a follow-up that's come through. Oh, $10 for the follow-up? All right. I bet you could do it. I bet you could I get him to could. answer some questions on Cameo. Well, it's been a while since Rudy was in Georgia, and a lot of things have happened since then. So CNN did a nice reminder that Giuliani, quoting, Giuliani met with Georgia state legislatures three times in December 2020 in the aftermath of the presidential election, twice in person and once remotely. During the meetings, Giuliani spread conspiracy theories about widespread irregularities and fraud in the state. Among his many false claims, Giuliani accused two Atlanta election workers of smuggling fraudulent ballots for Joe Biden in suitcases. Those would be the two women that have already uh, that testified in the live on the January 6th committee. Uh, when his law license was suspended in New York last year, Bar Association specifically mentioned his capers in Georgia, citing, quote, numerous false and misleading statements regarding the Georgia presidential election results made by Rudy, including that he falsely claimed that tens of thousands of underage teenagers had voted illegally in Georgia, even though an audit by Georgia's secretary of state found that no one under the age of 18 had voted in the 2020 election. It seems like in reading this through his his lawyer and Rudy believe that, you know, they are going to be able to claim attorney client privilege for most of this, for most of the testimony. But if he is holding meetings with legislators. That isn't attorney client privilege. No. And if he's just bald face lying in front of them. Going to be some problems. Lindsey Graham also having some troubles down in Georgia. Yeah, they are now requiring Lindsey Graham, who also tried to uh, to fight testifying. All these people are just like, what if I don't come? Yeah, literally. What if I just didn't show up? Yeah. And in the case of Steve Bannon, that was a case of finding out. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I do feel like we're getting a little hint of finding out right now. Mm -hmm. Not willing to allow myself... To truly get excited about it. But it feels like it. Meanwhile, Maureen, all of this is happening in the shadow of the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago, where, to remind you, agents left with 11 boxes of classified material. Trump has been super chill about it, as you might expect, taking to Truth Social, mm. his failing social network. I will say it seems that the FBI rating Mar-a-Lago is the best thing that has ever happened to Truth Social. It certainly got him to post more. He's posting a lot. And it's all Other about people consistency. people are posting a lot. It's all about the content. The FBI has arrested one Truth Socialer who made threats against the agency. Another Truth Social user fired shots at an FBI office in Cincinnati before being killed by the police in a cornfield. So that's, I guess, one less user for Truth Social. 
Anyway, he took to Truth Social to decry the FBI, the Bidens, Obama, the Clintons, and anyone else that he could think of. We still don't totally know what's going to come out of the raid beyond escalating threats against the FBI, the Justice Department, and the judge who signed the warrant whose Palm Beach synagogue had to cancel their beachside Shabbat services on Friday because of death threats. So, shit's getting great. Good job, everyone. Yeah. But Maureen, we are learning more about the long, long, long history of the attempts to recover these documents from Trump. I thought we could step through the timeline that the Washington Post has published. Starting back January 20th, 2021. Watching Trump depart the White House, National Archivist David S. Ferrio notices staff carrying boxes. Quote, I can remember watching the Trumps leaving the White House and getting getting off the helicopter that day and someone carrying a white banker box and saying to myself, what the hell's in that box? (laughs) This, he says, triggered a review of what the National Archives had received from the outgoing president, because it's important to remember that when you leave the White House as president, everything rolls to the National Archives, where they archive it, they bag it, they tag it, they do all of it. It's, yes, it's, I, th- I think of that scene, if you've ever seen Marie Antoinette, the movie, there's a, yeah. s- there's a scene in which when she arrives from Austria to France, she is now the, the property of France. So they, they meet in the woods and she steps out into this tent and has to strip down completely naked. And they completely redress her in French clothing, French everything, her staff, even her dogs, nobody can come with her. And she... Yeah is sent on as like a with new people in completely different clothes to never see her home again. And that's what it feels like. You let's like you are you using that pen, they take your pen and they put it in a box. Like it's yeah. it's all gets wrapped up in crime scene tape the minute you're done and yeah. put put yeah. away. Yeah. So May 2021. Those things aren't yours. <laughs> they are not. The archives realizes that high-profile documents from Trump's presidency, like his communications with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, are in fact missing from its records. At one point, this is according to the Washington Post, quote, archives officials threatened that if Trump's team did not voluntarily produce the materials, they would send a letter to Congress or the Justice Department revealing the lack of cooperation. End of 2021, Trump begins packing up material to be returned to Washington. He was, quote, noticeably secretive about the packing process, and top aides and longtime administrative staffers did not see the contents. So that's the end of 2021. You know, if if people are describing it as noticeably secretive, then there is some Pink Panther music playing in the background. (laughs) For real. Just people turning drawers upside down into bags. January 17th, a contractor arrives at Mar-a-Lago to pick up 15 boxes of material removed by Trump at the end of his administration. So January 17th, 2022, somebody picks up 15 boxes. That's a year later. Yeah. February 9th, the Post reports that the National Archives referred Trump's handling of the records to the Justice Department. February 18th, the archives informs the Justice Department that some of the material turned over by Trump was marked as classified. So this was 
back when we first heard that Trump had taken classified documents to Mar-a-Lago, we learned that because he returned some of them back in February. In May, a grand jury issues a subpoena for materials the government believed to be in Trump's possession even after he turned over the prior material. So back in May, they knew that he still had stuff. This is well, this was in conjunction with interviews being conducted by the Justice Department. So the Justice Department was way back, was on this way back. June 3rd, Jay Bratt, the chief of the Justice Department's counterintelligence and exports control section, visits Mar-a-Lago with three FBI agents. So the head of counterintelligence and three FBI agents roll into Mar-a-Lago June 3rd. They are shown a storage area with boxes containing material taken from the White House, some of which they take with them upon departure. So they left with shit in June. At one point, Trump himself greets the officials, quote, anything you need, let us know, he reportedly told them. A few days later, into June, one of Trump's attorneys signs a written statement claiming that all material marked as classified had been returned to the government. June 8th. This is Brat J. Brat, chief De- chief of the Justice Department's counterintelligence office, sends Trump's team an email asking that a stronger lock be installed on the room that he had seen. Quote, we ask that the room at Mar-a-Lago where the documents have been stored be secured and that all the boxes that were moved from the White House to Mar-a-Lago, along with any other items in that room, be preserved in that room in their current condition until further notice. This is June 8th. Uh, June 22nd, the government subpoenas surveillance footage from Mar-a-Lago security cameras over a 60-day period, which is turned over. It includes footage from outside the storage room. This is not included in this, but that uh, footage that they got showed them that there were people going in and out of that room with boxes, despite having been told that everything needed to be secured. August 5th, believing that Trump still had material in his possession that needed to be returned, the FBI obtains a search warrant from a federal magistrate judge in West Palm Beach. August 8th, Mar-a-Lago is searched. Uh, Among the material recovered are more than 20 boxes of materials, two binders of photos, and a number of classified items identified as confidential, secret, or top secret. And then on August 11th, Merrick Garland announced that he will ask for the search warrant to be unsealed, which was unsealed on Friday. This shit's been going on since the day he left the White House. I guess the part where I'm very confused is the part in June where the FBI goes to Mar-a-Lago, sees the stuff, sees the lock, takes some of it, but not all of it. Yeah. My guess is that this was sort of, you know, they, this was not a no-knock raid. They didn't have a warrant. Right. Right. They were looking at where this stuff was. It seems that there were a number of conversations in the kind of sp- in the spring and early summer around these documents, where they were, how they were being secured, you know, all of that. So it seems like it was in that context. And maybe at some point, like maybe Trump comes, he's like, anything you need, let us know. And they're like, well, this stuff. And he's like, here's a thing. Right? <laughs> you take that. But they didn't have a warrant, so they couldn't just, you know, but they got some roll in it, with a truck. Which means that something. there was some weird conversation that was had that was like, we want this and 
they're like, you can have this yeah. bit of it. Yeah. I guess also just thinking about it, it's a, it, it was built originally as a, was a private house. It's a country club. It's got a banquet hall. So, you know, it's like in a room off the ballroom where they keep the extra long tables or yeah. maybe off the pool where they apparently keep- is in a ba- in the basement. Sure. You know, it's where it's a, where they keep extra tablecloths yeah. and racks of glasses. You know, it's somewhere somewhere <laughs> random. This is not a top secret kind of place. It's Mar-a-Lago. No. Oh, yeah. Mar-a-Lago has to be one of the least secure places on the yes. earth. Yes. So, I don't know, Dan. This is one of those things that's just going to forever baffle me. <laughs> yeah. Because it's baffling. Yeah. But they they took it, and as he uh, complained, they took his passports. Well, it's a little unclear now. He complained that they took his passports, but then there was also reporting that they didn't take his passports, and then there was a different set of reporting that they had returned his passports. So the passports are a little confusing to me. He uh, also complained that they searched Melania's closets. Mm. Which, you know, when shit goes down for him, he throws like a random folder at her and is like, get rid of this. Dan, what happens in Mar? Like, just every surface has got something. And who's been looking at the pool guys, been looking at the nuclear? It's, (laughs) I don't. I mean, at Mar-a-Lago, the bugs have bugs, right? Like the whole thing. Those those documents are all going to smell like chlorine. <laughs> They're going to have like Dorito fingerprints on them. <laughs> they did mention that some of the documents are, it's been reported at least, or rumored that some of the documents are being fingerprinted. And yeah, I do feel like it's just like they're just lifting Cool Ranch dust right off of those right, documents. Exactly. Also, Trump uh, here in New York... Trump's former CFO, Alan Weisselberg. Yeah. Uh, the rumor is, the reporting is, that on Thursday or something, thereabouts, he may plead guilty and take five months in jail. Yeah. Now, when this story first came out, I thought, well, that's very shitty. And then I'm like, but I don't know anything about law. And then one of the parts connected to this is that if you plead guilty, you can no longer plead the fifth. Right. So. But the other part of the reporting is that the deal that he's brokering is not for cooperation. So that's the uh, that's the trick of it. He is fully this is an old man. He is taking the time so as not to flip on Trump. That means you're afraid for your family. <laughs> Something. Or you're just afraid for your own kneecaps. I don't know. Yeah. It, uh, you know, I mean, people fall down the stairs all the time, Maureen. Oh, God. <laughs> happens. How do it you happens. not trust a man who just buries his ex-wife on a golf course? <laughs> <laughs> just in a hole. It's so awful. <laughs> How did Something. we get here, Dan? What's going to happen? I asked you before. What's going to happen? 
I don't think that there's anyone in their right mind that can tell you what's going to happen. I mean, just any shitty thing that you can imagine, he has done worse, Mm. right? And also, the possibility that he will actually get rolled up for any of it feels greatly distant to me. So I don't know how to square those things. And also, I feel like I'm also just trying to pre-prepare how to feel if he isn't charged and also if he is. Yeah. Because either way, we still lose. <laughs> in wh- Which are the losses in that? Walk me through that scenario. Well, if he isn't charged, no, nothing matters. Yeah. Criming, etc. If he is charged, the ways we lose are the immediate move in some directions that says, well, we felt we fixed it. We fixed it. So it's all good. Everything works because look that we're going to prosecute him for one crime that he did. So everything's fine in the system and there's no problem. So it's all good. Yeah. And then you will have a whole bunch of folks shooting up the joint. Yes. That's the other big part of it is that the civil war, um, enthusiasts, yeah. Out there, um, we'll be like, America, and then just do some bad damage. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's hard to know who to root for. To <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Donald Trump breaks every single thing he fucking touches. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that he was in a place that was already full of a lot of broken things. <laughs> or yeah. certainly a lot of very fragile things. Yes. Yes, indeed. I'm just trying to, Dan, I'm just, I think that crudite did me in in some way, honestly. There's just something about it that I was like, okay. I just think you need to spend the night gnawing on some raw asparagus. Dan, I can't be, I can't be uncheerful now because I'm looking outside and there's a big fat groundhog outside. Duh. And he's enjoying some crudite. Well... I enjoy the fact that says who is made possible oh. by you. Oh, that was the, the transition. Um, professional. Are you? No. Through your support of your Patreon, I don't know. I lost it there. Say I was all I'm a professional, and then I got caught up. The Patreon is it's made by your you through your support. <laughs> I can't see it. What's it made through? Says who <laughs> is made possible by by you. Patreon. Through your, your support, support of our Patreon, Patreon. Patreon. Uh, where is it? Says who. who. Our Patreon, where pretty much every Sunday, certainly every Sunday, starting after this, coming to this weekend, it starts again. <laughs> Took the summer off accidentally. You get a whole nother bonus episode of this very podcast. You get me and Maureen in your ears again. If you give it the 5 or $10 a month level, that $10 a month level also gets you a sticker in the mail every month because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club. You know what else that $10 a month level gets you, Maureen? I don't mention this enough. Mm. It gets you a beautiful poster of a map of Says Who. That's true. Mailed to you that very first time that $10 hits. You get a map in the mail, and it is a gorgeous thing. Every I just sent a couple out yesterday, and I was like, this is a good-looking map. It is anyway, a beautiful piece of commissioned artwork. It is. Because we turn that Patreon money into things like we pay people to do actual things. Yeah, it's true. 
It's True at Patreon.com slash Says Who. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. That's right, Dexy. Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email it. Hey, that's H-E-Y at Says Who Podcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. Are you holding up some sort of magic wand? It's called a no-no stick. What is that? Hold on, I'll show you. Dex, no-no stick. There's a remote control? No-no stick. Yes, we call it the no-no stick. Okay. It is a, so it's a little, it is sort of like a remote control. Okay. And if you hit this button, it makes a little crackling noise. Oh, and apparently okay. it releases a little ozone or something. And All right. So it doesn't hurt her in any way, but it just makes a weird noise. Okay. And it distract. They don't like it, so they don't bark. Okay. It's just kind of like, ugh, what's that? Okay, I won't bark. But I don't even need to push the button anymore. All I need to do is like hold it up and say, I'm holding the no-no stick. But I have found that if I don't have the no-no stick around, I yeah. just started picking up things like, I could pick up this oh, or yeah, a, sure. a container of lens cleaner. And I just yeah. basically make a, like a hand gesture like this. And she's like, oh, okay. I better shut up. Yeah. She's holding a bottle of lens cleaning fluid. Well, there you go. You can spread the word. Subscribe. Please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen to this very podcast. Let people know about it. And you can join us next Wednesday, August 24th. For our very next episode. From my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. Just thinking, Dan. Yeah. So next week, the 24th, I'll be recording from uh, New York City. Yeah. The week after that, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> just, you just had a, just a flat grin. Just, uh, yeah. Well, I just, I know what you're going to say. I'm yeah. excited. I'm going to be recording from Greece. I'm going to hide in your luggage. From the island of Mykonos. I want to go to the island of Mykonos. So do I. I'm very excited about this. I gave I've... a talk in Greece a couple of years ago now, and I was only there for like less than 24 hours. I remember I, that. That was a mistake remember on my when, part. Remember when you, you, we used to do stuff? Yeah. Just fly fly to Greece for the day to give a talk and then fly home and I ran around oh man I ate the best food just shit off the street in in Athens or yeah it was in Athens I've heard I ran over to see the like the ruins in Athens and they were closed when I got there but it was still fun it got dark and everything was all lit up cool and I found someone just selling fucking meat and pita on the street and I hated it it was so good I heard there's very good I also heard there's um, an island near Mykonos that we could go yeah. to that's full of archaeology. Wow. It's just full of archaeology. Is that island called the entire country of Greece? It could be. Yeah. I I have seen Pompeii once, but I've that's really the only archaeology oh, wow. I've ever seen. So, I mean, I am like, I just really want to see some old stuff. Do it. And crystal water. The good thing, Dan, is Man, that when I I'm jealous. when I start recording from other places like that, I definitely I don't change. You know, it's still just me. And um, yeah, you're just normal. You're normal, high strung Maureen Johnson self. Just thinking about Costa Rica, <laughs> most beautiful place, Dan. You really, when you're in the water like that, and you just realize that we're all water. You know, just. 
just everything is fluid. It's all fluid. Mm-hmm. Except for salsa, which is too much fluid. And that's why the viscosity is all wrong for dip. You can have your ranch. You can have your hummus. You can have your blue cheese. Yeah. You can. Even your pre-made guacamole would we'll work do, to dunk, we'll a, do. dunk a carrot in. You got five pounds of it. But you know what? Just dipping a raw piece of any of that into just salsa is just yeah. going to make it damp. Yeah. That is why chips are there. Scoops. Things to lift it. I want chips and salsa now. You know what? My mother, as soon as I got here, she cracked open a bag of smoked almonds. Oh. And said, you want some of these? And I was, I shirked away like a vampire. I was like, because if I start eating them, I can't stop. Yeah. Flash forward to 10 minutes later and I'm like pruned from salt and just (laughs) everything is just, yeah, it's, I ate, I'm full and all I've Mm. had today is smoked almonds. I would eat some smoked almonds too. How about you say your name so we can go eat food? Well, Dan. Mm-hmm. I'm. You know, I bet you could get a crudite from a, one of those box services. They I mean, probably it's just vegetables and a dip. I know, but that's all those box services are. They're just like, here's a carrot. Give us twenty dollars. I, I, I feel like I'm a traveled person. But occasionally I realize that I'm not all that worldly like yesterday when I learned that what a crudite was. Yeah. And before that, I didn't know what a charcuterie was before mm. it kind of took Instagram by storm. And then it was just like, it's just a meat plate. I didn't know what a volovant was. I don't know what that is. It's something all English people know what that is. Okay. It's like a little tube of pastry with stuff in it. Oh, like, like a, a like a sausage thing. roll. No, it's more no. like a fancy cup oh, thing. Okay. Of, and then you just like, do, there's things, delicious things inside. Of mm. all of it. I don't know. That's how I see it. It's like a cone almost, like a pastry okay. cone. They're like, volleyball. And I'm like, what's a volleyball? Is it volleyball? Mm. What is it? All right. So you were starting to say your name. Wegner's. Mm-hmm. I'm... Dreaming of an exciting fall lineup. Well, this is going to go really, really high all by myself. Don't want to be all by This has been said dot f y i